0: So, Devin, I was having lunch today with a friend and something remarkable happened. I, I, next to me was this guy, I, I hesitate to use the word gentleman, uh, and he was eating alone and he was you know, sitting on one of those sofa bench cushions, right? And so I was on the same side of the, the wall as he was. So we were both, in other words, we were both looking in the same direction. And he was, I don't know, seven feet away from me to my left. And the man was just scarfing down this food like like there was no tomorrow. I mean, it it was a blur. It was just eating with with an open mouth. And he wasn't noisy or anything. I want to make that clear. I mean, that's not about the noise. And I was talking with a friend who, of course, I was facing. And at some point I said to, to my friend, I said, I can't stand I can't, I can't not see this guy in the periphery of my, my visuals. Uh, You're looking at me like, where are you going with this, (laughs) Brooke? Don't worry. I got somewhere. And I, and I said, what's up with this guy? I, I, I can't stand it. It's so disturbing to me to, to watch him eat, even if it's only in the periphery of my eye. I can't, I wish I didn't have peripheral vision all of a sudden. Right. And, and then I thought, why, why does this bother me? It bothered him too. Right. But then I said, why is this bothering us so much? I mean, the guy is eating. It's not as if the food is splattering on our, our plates or anything. Right. He's not making a noise, like I said. Why does it bother us? And then it came to me. Yeah. It was really interesting. The reason why it bothered me was that we were watching him act like an animal. There was, there was no humanity to it. He was not acting like a civilized person. Yes, he was using a fork, but the way it it doesn't matter. You can still use a fork and still act like a like an animal. And it was that was the reason why we we expect people to eat and for that matter, talk in a certain way that is more or less dignified, more or less reminiscent of a civilized culture to which we supposedly belong. And this guy was not not playing the part. Right. So so why do I bring this up? because it actually relates to Hamas there are many people watching the videos or they refuse to watch the videos they, they are they don't want to see these videos of what Hamas did on October 7 with the slaughtering of and beheading of babies babies uh the raping of little girls and older girls and and the chopping up of people and the gouging of eyeballs and i mean all the t- horrific things that tragically you and i know all about and they don't want to see the the they don't want to believe that the videos are even there i mean i i don't want to see the videos let me make this very clear i don't want to see them yeah. i but i don't i don't disbelieve their existence right there are many people who are simply claiming that these these are just fakes and And it was interesting to me, Devin, I, I, I really wanted to know why that was the case. And I think it's very similar to the guy who was eating like a pig, literally like a pig.
1: Uh,
0: I think if you, if you you put a pig there when he was eating, I think that the, I mean, he would look different, but the motions would be exactly the same. And I think that this, uh, these videos are, are a reminder to us all how vicious, how horrific, human nature can be it, it violates their sense that people are basically good
1: yeah.
0: it, because they're not yeah. I'm not saying that they're basically evil but they are capable of doing absolutely horrific things and there are things that were done on October 7 that I would never have thought were possible for a human being to do just not possible and yet there they were and there are things that we will come to learn that are not included among the, the things that I listed just now yeah. with the rapes and the baby beheading and everything else. I mean, I, I would never have thought that anybody would even think to behead a baby, right? But I'm sorry, folks, if you're listening with kids, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this part of the podcast you might want to skip. Uh, there were reports of uh, prior Muslim attacks where they would castrate the men and shove their penises in the mouths. Uh, Just unbelievable things that you you didn't think were possible for a human to even think about. You understand? It's just, you think, okay, you want to kill somebody? Just just kill him. Put one bullet in his head and be done with it and move on to the next. No, but they, they had to waste their, quote unquote, waste their time doing their savagery. I mean, think about it. if they really would just wanted to kill a lot of Jews, and they certainly killed a lot, they could have just put one bullet or one, one stab into the heart and moved on to the next Israeli. Right. And then killed two or three times. But no, they, they, they spent time doing these horrific things before they killed them, before they captured them, or whatever that they did. Yeah. The madness that w- that went on that day. So it's a reminder, Devin, and now we're back to kind of the non-disturbing part of it, but it's still, it's all disturbing, I suppose. But it's a reminder of how bad human beings can be, with the, the horrors of what they can do.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, I do want to talk about other things as well, but there's so much to discuss that's resulting from all this. Um, I, look, I want to talk about Hezbollah, so remind me later on about Hezbollah, yeah. but, and what, what they inevitably must do uh, and it 's not not good news, folks. The point is that these things that were done on October seven and now the re- the world 's reaction are are quite fascinating. They have such ripple effects we 're still I think part of the reason why it 's so much in the news is that we 're still trying to figure out how this is possible and part of it also is the sense of history like i th- I think there 's some part in people 's minds that the Holocaust, even though if they recognize it, that can never happen again because somehow human nature has changed in the past, what, 80 years? And it really hasn't. It, it, it hasn't. It's just maybe maybe the, an army hasn't gotten the, the, the weaponry, the, the machinery, to do the kind of horror that they did in the Holocaust. No doubt were Hamas to somehow have the capacity to oversee and, and take over Israel, they would do exactly what the Nazis did. They would, they would be happy to put them in ovens. In fact, they did put one baby in an oven. Uh, sorry about that if, if you, <laughs> you had a kid listening. Uh, but they did put one baby in the oven. And they, they would do it on a mass scale if they could. They, they would do all those things that you saw on a massive scale and be happy to do it. That's the thing. And, and they would film themselves too doing it. Yeah. So that's one thing that we're learning And that's just something to add to the people who pretend
1: to be on Hamas's side, but then they won't listen to them. You know, you have them videotaping their own atrocities, and people who claim to be on their side refuse to listen to them and believe that they're actually doing it. So you're either on the side of a liar that you're calling a liar, or they really are doing
0: these horrific things. Yeah, you're right about that. Look, like I said I was gonna I was gonna talk about uh, Hezbollah and what you know. Where do we take this? What What does this all mean? Uh, how do we uh, interpret this? It's about human nature. We, I think we've studied that quite extensively up to this point. What's going to happen now in the future? Is it going to be a, a larger war? Um, and and to me, the answer is yes. I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be World War Three. Uh, again, I have to say what I what I'm not saying here. I'm not saying it's going to be World War III necessarily. It could be. I wouldn't be surprised. That, that is for sure. I wouldn't be surprised. But it will be a greater conflict as we go forward. And I'll tell you why. From the standpoint of Hezbollah, which is the army, the, 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 the basically the, the Iranian-controlled army in southern Lebanon, um, they have a very strong army. It's not a... Not just a terrorist group; it's it's a full-on army. It's it rivals many nations, and they we talked about this before. They they mimic the um, army structure and discipline of the Israeli army, so they are a very formidable force. Now, their main mission, their charter, like Hamas, is to destroy Israel. Okay, I want you to think like a Hezbollah terrorist or leader of Hezbollah what better time is there than right now yeah. to engage in a full on war with israel think of it because hamas has got them pinned down in gaza or at least busy in gaza not necessarily pinned down but certainly a massive amount of uh, military israeli militaries in gaza you've also got the, the uh, you know iran constantly doing uh, these you know efforts uh, directly as well as indirectly through Hezbollah, then Syria is also attacking, and even to a lesser extent, you got Yemen uh, with the the, the Houthi uh, terrorists attacking and sending missiles, so keeping us busy. And then, even more importantly, is the world reaction, seemingly in favor of Hamas and the Palestinians. We'll talk about the, dif- the difference between Hamas and the Palestinians in a moment. So please remind me about that. Okay. But the, um, the, the, the reaction of the world is, I think, would surprise even Hamas. Like, this action, I think what they really planned to do was that, you know, in their minds, hopefully kill as many as 200 Israelis. I don't think they ever dreamed in their wildest imagination they would, they would kill at least 1,400 and wound thousands more and then uh, take 250 hostages. I think they thought maybe 20. Hostages, which would be a huge amount for them. Yeah. So to them, it was a huge success story. But in, in, in essence, they went far too far. It was such a, an elaborate scheme. It was, had they just killed, just, and I put that in quotes, 100 Israelis and taken five hostages, they could say, you know, Israel's reaction, if it was doing the reaction that it's doing today, they would say, don't you think that's a little much? Israel. I mean, seriously, just go after the bad guys and, and be done with it. I understand that you know the, the 100 is, is really bad stuff, but but does it deserve this kind of response? I don't know. And so, so it went. It went to. They went. Their success was too much. Right. And now it just the the whole world should be satisfied with what Israel is doing, but instead, I mean, if you were to say, you and I were to have a conversation. Two months ago, that, that is before October seven, and say, you know, what is it, what would it take for the rest of the world to appreciate what Israel is going through—that the savagery of the Palestinians, particularly Hamas and Hezbollah—what what would it take? And then you would come up with an incredibly crazy idea. I don't know, Barack. You would say, I don't know, I come into Israel and just start killing, I don't know, more than a thousand uh, Israelis and then raping and murdering and birching their heads and putting them in ovens and, and gouging their eyes and raping women right and left and parading them around naked in, in the streets of Gaza and taking, I don't know, 200 plus hostages. And then, and then to top it off, just to make sure that you were enraged, you would video the whole thing right. and upload it on social media. On their social media, no less. Right. Then I think maybe the world would suddenly, finally realize what Israel is going through. Okay? You would say that, and you would say, well, that's never going to happen. That Such a thing wouldn't be so stupid as to actually video themselves. And here we are. Yeah. They did exactly all those things. That scenario would be so absurd. And yet, and we would think that would be the one thing that would galvanize the world in our favor. And here we are. It it, it didn't happen that way. And in fact, instead, it galvanized support for the for the Palestinians, for Hamas in particular. Right. Their people are pro Hamas. I mean, it's one thing to say I'm pro Palestinian, which is stupid enough. Right. But, but to be pro Hamas, like that's a good thing. Like BLM, uh, you know, showcased the, the paraglider. Is that what you call parasailer? Yeah. The paraglider, yeah. uh, and, and mimicked. The motto as as one of, uh, of great justifiable rage and and fighting you know the oppression that they're they're facing okay, and then you have these chants in d c the surrounding the White House. did we talk about this last week where we're no, we didn't. okay so because it 's that recent yeah. uh, chanting uh, alo Akbar around the White House, putting things on the the fence right. uh, putting a, a not a hijab, but a you know Arabic uh, scarf, kufi or, uh, the kufi, yeah, yeah. around uh, a statue of Benjamin Franklin, I think it was, or Thomas Jefferson. I, I don't know which one, but whatever, a founding father, and it, it is such a disturbing image just to even talk about it. Right. And then the from the river to the sea, river to the sea, you know, Palestine will be free, and I, you know, it's just wouldn't have dreamt it. I, if you were to tell me that this is the scenario that would play out in favor and it would, it would create a wave in support of the palestinians i would say you're nuts if right. anything you know finally would people people would realize what israel has to face every day so now the question is why 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 is this yeah you might say okay well you know barack it's a lot of Muslims who have been allowed into America and into these European countries, and they're just the sheer force of their numbers is uh, sufficient to create this. And I, I think there's something to that. I think that explains Devin, maybe about twenty to thirty percent right. of what we're seeing. I, you know what I think the the, the remaining sixty or whatever, what is it, seventy to eighty uh, percent would be to explain this is um, this utter rejection of the notion of evil there is no evil they don't believe in evil to acknowledge what Hamas did on October 7 you would have to say yeah I guess there is such a thing as evil you would you would have to say it they just they don't do it and to acknowledge that anti-semitism is increasing I forget the number it's Ranges what I've seen between Fox and CNN and otherwise is somewhere between 244% and 350%, whatever. It's a huge jump in anti-Semitic attacks, right? To to, to acknowledge that is to acknowledge evil. But if you don't believe in God, you can't by definition. You can't believe in good and evil. You just can't. Unless you want to confuse evil and good, uh, like they, 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 Trump is evil, you know, okay, whatever. Yeah. But, but anyone who doesn't agree with you is, is evil, and, but everything you believe is good. So what a cognitive dissonance, what an internal conflict they must be facing when they see these Palestinians doing these horrific things. And yet, previously, they supported. This idea of of a Palestine there's no such thing as a Palestine right now um, but how how do they rectify that
1: right.
0: well, the only way how do they reconcile that? How do they square that circle as they say yeah, they pretend it didn't happen right. and now now i'm beginning to see why how how and why it is that people refuse to believe the Holocaust was happening when it was happening, and how they even Refuse to accept it decades later. Sure. Because to do so would, would mean to look into the eyes of humanity and see the horrors that we can do. That, that there really is evil on the planet. The last thing they want to do is confront evil. Yeah. I think that's what really bothers people. They don't want to confront evil. Right. And just to show how like frivolous the hatred, the absolute
1: blinding hatred they had against Trump. And there was a little protest in the Capitol that supposedly the acting president was getting people to insurrect against the acting president, which makes no sense. But when it's contrasted with this, how do they treat this horror? There is no way, if you just take away the, like, this group did this, 100% evil. And they accused Trump of being, it It just shows how frivolous they have been with the use of evil. And you're exactly right. They'll they they they'll use
0: the word, but they actually don't understand what it means. Yeah. I, okay. Yes, I, I solidly agree with this, everything about it. I think a part of it is godlessness. I mean, it, it, that's what it is. You know, I was just positing with a friend of mine that the, the vast majority of people, I think if not 100%, the people, first of all, and demonstrating, you know, from the Palestine, uh, you know, whatever, from the river to the sea people, and they, you know, I understand there will be Palestinians and actual Arabs and Muslims, okay, that, that's in their DNA, at least their cultural DNA to hate Israel, their cultural DNA. Of course, it's not physical DNA. Um, watch, people will say I said it's in their DNA. I, I, I mean cultural DNA, okay? So um I understand that but there are many you know Americans there Europeans there you can tell they're not muslim um especially the the, the gays and the lesbians <laughs> and the trans uh people there that, you know they, they just, it's it's very weird they, they they should know better that well they don't know better and they support Hamas the very people that would throw them off roofs you know it's it's uh, this is too easy to to say so you go in there, you ask, you know, as you see these people, why are they supporting this? First of all, they don't know anything about it, but the vast majority of those people, and I, I dare say, hundred percent of those people, not one of them is conservative. I the, just we, you know that, right? Okay. No way. right. Just like we would, I think it would be proper to say during the BLM riots that not one of them went to church. Right? Maybe they were born Christian. You know, this, this is what people love to say. Oh, you know, the, the, the people in the prisons today, you know, the vast majority of them are, are uh, religious. No, they're not. No, they're not. They, they may have been born Lutheran. Aha! Therefore, he's a Lutheran. Aha! Therefore, he's a Catholic because he was born Catholic or born to a Catholic family. No, it doesn't work that day. It just, it just doesn't, okay? Either you actually have faith in Christianity or have faith in Judaism and actually observe it or you don't, Okay. And these, these people in prison, and for that matter, BLM, those these schmucks who did these horrific uh, lootings and beatings and everything else, you think they went to church, really? Give me a break. Same thing here, that these people in these demonstrations, <laughs> and we'll talk about, you know, we've seen these guys before, right? Yes. So they go from demonstration to demonstration. I'll talk about that in a moment, too. But they they don't believe... In Jesus, they don't believe in God. They certainly don't go to church or synagogue. We all know that. So the reason why they they do what they do is because they don't want to believe in evil. I guarantee you that all these people, and certainly the ones who deny the existence of the videos or claim somehow that these were fabricated, even though Hamas was the one... <laughs> I mean, Hamas is not even denying that they put it up. They, they are, they're proudly putting it up. Yeah. How, how much do I need to tell you that I put it up, that you don't believe? That's how hard it is for them to believe that these things can happen. Now, I said I was going to talk about these other protests. Am I, am I saying something outrageous or outlandish or unbelievable when I say the following, Devin? These people, the ones that You know, the the non-Muslims who are, you know, the useful idiots. Yeah. Okay. They're the same people who marched for global warming, against global warming, that is, uh, who marched for transgender rights, marched for gay marriage rights, marched for BLM, of course. All of it. It's. It's like Mexican food what what, what uh, Seinfeld said about mexican food it's it's the same food it's just wrapped up in a different way
1: right <laughs> right
0: it's like you, you put it around in a, in a you know flour tortilla it 's called a burrito you put it around a crispy shell it's called a taco you put it around a you know it's something that it bends with a shape it's called a tostada it's the same food right right i mean like, come on let's can we say it yeah. right lettuce how, do you, how would you like your lettuce tomato cheese and beans wrapped sir (laughs) with a maybe chicken or beef that is it okay but it's all the same thing these people are protesting the same thing the ultimate destruction of a civilization and it's just these are different vehicles that are being offered and they will jump on it and it's interesting were you to you know give them what they want in this in this recent iteration the the uh, proffered destruction of Israel and, and actually say, okay, you know what? We are just going to lay down. Please come on in and kill us. In fact, maim us, rape and, and do whatever you want with us. Uh, or, you know, better yet, we'll just march toward the sea and we'll drown ourselves with weights. Okay. And now all of this, what is now Israel is all yours. You call it Palestine if you like. Okay. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think these people will go home now and, and lead productive lives? Right. I mean, yeah. am I saying something that's so, so outlandish? These are the same people.
1: Yeah.
0: No, these people are looking for meaning. Yeah, the meaning searchers. And that's what they are. The meaning searchers. That's that's all they are. And it. it and I saw this back in college. I, I went to Stanford, and I remember I was there during the anti-apartheid years. And I, I felt it was a, look, I hate apartheid. Me, let me make that very clear that the apartheid was evil. I'm glad it's ended, okay? But the movement was disingenuous in all these colleges. they, You know how I know it was disingenuous? Because there are plenty of other uh, uh, conflicts between two different kinds of people, you know, one suppressing the other. They couldn't give a crap about those. But because in South Africa it was white and black, it was reminiscent of what they did in the 50s, the 40s, and beyond, and before that. And by golly, they wanted to feel good about themselves, and so they wanted to protest that. that it was just a disingenuous movement.
1: Right.
0: I, I, I agree that apartheid should go, but this idea that Stanford needed to divest, that was a divest movement, that's what it was called. Um, it, it was a little crazy. Yeah. Okay. They, they were doing crazy things back then. Anyway... I bring this up because people showed such passion. These slackers, I mean, there were slackers at Stanford too, I believe it or not. People who were just kind of like nobodies um, that got in because they were very bright kids. That, that was it. And, you know, you know, I don't mean to discredit them, but they, they were not very animated with life. But suddenly they had meaning in their life. They, they found their meaning. And the anti-apartheid movement gave them that meaning. And I, I remember saying, what, what happens after this? You know, where do you move on after that? So they found it in all these different new causes that are happening, right and left, right? Gay marriage, trans thing, global warming, um, BLM, um, you name it, uh, and now this, okay? These same people, the meaning seekers, that's what they are. Uh, And I don't know what they would do with themselves after the fact. They, They just, they have to destroy you. So, yeah.
1: and that's exactly right. Where it's like I keep on for some reason, John Keats's, um Keats's ode of a Grecian urn. I know this sounds really pretentious. Really keeps on going through because like they they're not fighting for truth. Yeah. They're not fighting for beauty. They're they're not fighting for God. And because they're not, all their passions go with destroying anyone who does. And that's Israel. And I'm not saying South Africa and apartheid was fighting for that, but like if you look at south africa now you know there is a juxtaposition to have
0: well look it's it's meaning it's all about meaning uh the vietnam war of course is also about meaning uh and and these kids who are the, basically the hippies they they wanted meaning badly so you know the vietnam war okay we don't like it we saw a couple of images of bad things happening uh and by the way a lot of it was distorted news and walter cronkite was was a farce i mean they, he, he paraded himself as being very neutral he wasn't so let's let's face that But these people, this is what I want to say about these people. You ever read the book, When You Were Little? I'm I'm sure it was around when you were little. I think it was around when I was little. Uh, Are You My Mother? Do you remember that book? No. Okay. So it's a, a little, I think it was a bird. Yeah, it was a bird, little baby bird, and he got lost. He fell from this nest, and the whole book is about him going to different things, asking if that thing was his mother. So he goes to a, a forklift and he just sees it and uh, says, are you my mother? And the forklift says, no, I am a forklift. I like to lift, you know, stones and things. Uh, okay, fine. And then he, he goes to a fireman. Are you my mother? No, I am a fireman. I, and, and then, you know, constantly that, that's his mission to find his mother. And then eventually, of course, he finds his mother. Yes, I am your mother and I love you and so on. It's a very sweet ending, Okay. I I feel like these these people are like that little baby chick looking around. Are you my mother? Are you my mother? Are you Constantly seeking fulfillment, some sort of connection, some sort of attachment that that will give them meaning and explain their lives. And that's why I say that nobody in that group is going to church on a regular basis. Nobody in that group is, is an Orthodox Jew. You will never see that happening. And, and, and somebody's going to say, yes, I, I saw, a rap. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that in a second.
1: Because
0: yeah. I saw one too. Not orthodox. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll, tell, I'll tell you what happened there. Because I don't, I don't like to break my thought too much. Yeah. Uh, none of these people went there. And, and that's the reason why. Because we already have meaning in God. Everything makes, the, the world to us is God-centered. Well, the universe was created by God. God has our, gives us our purpose, and we are to find him. That is the purpose of our lives, is to find him. And, and he's given us the tools to do it with logic and reason and science. That's, that's what we our obligation. And he's given us the Torah, and for Christians, the new, the new Testament. Wonderfully wise words, by the way, the New Testament, even though I, I'm not a follower of the New Testament. Incredible wisdom, you know, everywhere from that Bible, from that uh, New Testament Anyway, the point is, he's given us the tools to find him. and They are gifts. And they don't use it. They just don't use it. They don't want to use it. If you don't use logic, if you don't use science, you don't use your reasoning, you, you fall into this trap of believing the global warming crap, the transgender crap, yeah. that marriage can be, be between two of anybody. Um, and it's just not true.
1: Yeah.
0: So... <laughs> now they believe the crap that somehow Israel is the oppressor. I mean, how can you not look at the map and see that the Arab lands are approximately 200 times it's just the Arab lands, by the way, not, not the Muslim lands. Yeah. They, the Arab uh, lands are 200 times bigger than Israel itself. Yeah. It, Israel has 0.4 percent of the entire Middle East. 0 Point four, the rest of it is Arab. And, and then there's Iran, and that's not including Iran and Pakistan and, and so on,
1: right.
0: uh, which make the situation even bigger. And then from a population point of view, I think it's a, it's 400 to 1. Jesus. So, but how could you not, how can you look at that and say that somehow Israel's the oppressor? It can only mean that you hate the anti-Semitic.
1: Right.
0: Uh, and you, you seek to destroy Israel. But they've made it very clear. Not one protester is saying, two-state solution, Two-state solution. Yes. Yeah. No, they're saying from the river to the sea, which right. means what it means. It means let's destroy Israel. It's from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, guess what's in between, guys? You know, <laughs> take, take a wild guess. Okay? <laughs> I'll give you multiple choice. Yeah. Okay? The Czech Republic, <laughs> Uganda, yeah. Canada, and Israel. Yeah. Okay? One of the, it's one of the four. Okay, I'm helping you out there, all right? Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't know. A lot of people think Canada is in the Middle East for all I care. Yeah. I mean, you could tell, you could actually say to people, you know, Canada is a Middle Eastern country. Right. And they say, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so, but look at, look at the, the inability to think straight from one Corinne Jean-Pierre. <laughs> you know, she really is. When you have nothing else uh, YouTube-wise, so you want a video clip, you can always go to Corinne Jean-Pierre and just say, what did she say? this week right here we are but but really this she said this thing that was so ridiculous that uh, you know it's right to point she can't accept and will not accept anti-semitism unless she could also say it in the context of islamophobia she has to throw that in somewhere so let's play it out here okay
1: uh, a lot of videos of individuals who have been tearing down signs, many of these taking place in New York City, of Israelis presently being held hostage in Gaza. There have been some tense um, confrontations that have taken place there is the white house 's view that these actions should be condemned the pulling of the pulling down of them, or that that 's a form of peaceful protest
2: look i, I i'm I've sort of, kind of seen the reporting here and there. I think it was from last week, There's right? Been
1: like 30 million videos that got around. No, it I know, I
2: hear much, you. Right? I hear you. I'm just not going to, uh, I'm not guess, going okay to. I'm not okay.
1: going. Is that peaceful protest? to Hold that down, or should I, you not be? Doing I'm
2: just it? not going to go into uh, specifics on that
0: particular. Okay, so this is a little easy, right? I mean, if, if somehow there was a mass slaughter of young black people or even an old black person, by a white cop, right? And he's, you know, and, and people are putting signs. George Floyd, for that matter. Oh, you know, God. remember George Floyd and putting up posters. And then you see white guys, uh, you know, pulling them down. Well, is there any issue about what would be said? I mean, what, what she would say herself? Right. Well, I'm not going to speak to this issue. What, what are you talking about, lady? How hard is it to say that this is wrong? Yeah. How hard? Anyway, let's continue on with what she said. Uh, what I can say, there are real
2: vi- violent protests and threats that are happening right now. And senior administration officials are, are aware of these reports, uh, which are deeply concerning. And that is something that uh, we're focused on.
0: Okay, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait till you for you to focus on it and figure out a result. Can you just say that's not nice? How about that? Yeah. We don't think it's the right thing to do. Or how about just saying, that's not what we would recommend doing. We, we think that that maybe is not productive. I mean, give some sort of lame response, but not this response.
1: Right.
0: Say something lame, <laughs> something, something vanilla if you like, as tepid a response as you can. But that's not even a, a response. That's basically saying, it's not happening, it doesn't matter, I don't care about this. Right. That's all you're saying.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, anyway, anyway. I, I, w- I wouldn't expect anything less from Karine uh, uh, Jean-Pierre. Yeah. Nothing else.
1: Yeah, exactly. And she's, she, she's going to call everything racist, everything Islamophobic, but the murder and slaughter and very inappropriate treatment of 1,400 Israelis, uh, no, we can't say that's anti-Semitic.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, I want you to hear uh, what um, Rashida Talib said. Uh, when it comes to the um, uh, you know the, the, the white House's administration response to Israel, so Biden is in a tough place because on the one hand he, the left is the, the entire anti-Israel crowd is on the left. so if he appears to be supportive of Israel, then he's going to lose votes. okay He might gain some conservative votes, who knows, uh, but I don't think many certainly won't get my, get my vote because he's such an, such an idiot um, and he's, he's so bad on, on so many other issues. But he's not really doing anything. So he, he, this is the classic example that he's pleasing, pleasing nobody instead of just picking a side, right? I wish he'd go full force with, uh, with Israel. I, that would be wonderful. But he's not even doing that. So, so Rashida Talib says we will remember this in uh, 2024. Uh, let's play that clip.
2: To my president. Our president. Yes, he still. Are. Well, hold on. I know. I. Ain't. I want him to know. As a Palestinian American, is also somebody of Muslim faith. I'm not going to forget this. And I think a lot of people are not going to forget this. And it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not a threat. It isn't.
0: Well, it sounds like a threat to me. I mean. <laughs> I mean, and by the way, behind her is this huge handwritten uh, ceasefire uh, uh, sign. And she's talking, of course, to a pretty decent sized crowd. Uh, interesting that she's getting some sort of pushback from the crowd. I don't know who exactly she's speaking to, but nevertheless, she's uh, expressing herself. And, and this is not a threat. Okay, well, let's, let's see what she says. Let's continue on.
2: They, they think we're joking. I mean, I think the White House and everyone thinks... That we're just going to sit back and let this just continue to happen. No. The fact of the matter is, our lives are not safe with you or the Forever peach president. When are we going to feel safe? When are we going to stop funding continued, literally, oppression of indigenous communities? When are we going to say enough?
0: Okay, so... Um... So she's certainly not a, an oppressed. Uh, she's a member of Congress. I mean, so I, I don't think she's quite that oppressed. First of all, secondly, there is no Islamophobia going on. Okay, just it's just not happening. Well, what about that that uh, maniac who killed that little boy, a Muslim boy, in in uh, Chicago, Barack? Okay, that's terrible. It shouldn't have happened. It's it's evil. Uh, that the guy, but the guy was crazy. And it's it's literally one person. I mean, as every life is precious. But I'm sorry, there there are far more things going on against Jews, uh, increasing by more than 250% than it was before October 7. And it's it's pretty crazy out there. The the issue is anti-Semitism, not Islamophobia. Islamophobia, like like uh like the terrorists themselves, they're trying to hijack the narrative uh and take it hostage, as it were from, well, maybe I'm going too far with that metaphor, but they are hijacking the narrative. There's no doubt about that. And they're saying, it's all about me, it's all about me. No, you you are attacking us, okay? This is, I mean, it's it's literally like saying, the Nazis saying that the Jews are somehow subjugating the Nazis, okay?
1: And just um, the continued attacks of indigenous people. Um, I doubt Talib's family was in Michigan in the 1950s. Um so the indigenous people um is she speaking for the people of Michigan who were
0: indigenously there before she was Well it's all it's all garbage as we know indigenous is not the correct term to use for the Palestinians the Palestinians as a people at least with that name only started in the early 1960s okay right. they're actually from Egypt and from Jordan that's it <laughs> because they, these are lands that Egypt and Jordan lost, respectively, Gaza and the West Bank, respectively, because they decided they wanted to do an all-out war in Israel. And, and Israel simply took these lands, not because they wanted to occupy them uh, to, to uh, somehow subjugate people, but because they needed them as buffer zones. And and understandably so. Look look what happened on October 7. So the, the thing speaks for itself, as, as they say. So uh, in, in Israel, the Jews have always been there. For thousands of years, we, there may not be a more indigenous people than the Jews are to Israel. Yeah. And yet, somehow, again, they've hijacked the narrative, and they proclaim them to be occupiers. Really bizarre, right? All right, let me continue on with what she, uh, with the, with this, what this genius had to say. Okay, so she's talking about the Democratic Party, right? And she thinks it's so inclusive. Don't worry, lady. Your Democrat Party is very pro-Palestinian, okay? The fact that in your political circles, the, the Congress and the Senate, uh, they didn't support Hamas as much as you would have liked them to, to support Hamas when they had a condemnation of Hamas. Not the Palestinians. Hamas, which you, you would think is a no-brainer. You would think it would be a, a, a unanimous vote on both the Senate and the Senate. And the congressional side, but no, you, you you got virtually all of the naysayers were on the Democrat side. I think there were sadly two Republicans, but regardless, uh, you you know a Democrat could you know reasonably say, look, there's 400 and some odd Congress people there, and you know except for 23 or so of us, we we voted in favor of condemning Hamas. We're, we're on Israel's side. They they would say that. Okay, that's nice in the political arena, but among the electorate. The Democrat voters themselves—they are massively for that number is not whatever it is five percent, right. as as it would be in the in the halls of Congress. It is a much more massive number. I I would say even fifty percent among the Democrats are at least at least um, supportive or uh, appreciative of what Hamas has to do. And uh, think that they are freedom fighters because they use that word so, so loosely. Uh, so anyway, she has nothing to worry about in that department, but she's complaining about the Democrat Party because they're, they're not fully supporting the Palestinians. And I guess she wants Israel just tossed out. And this woman herself, who has been censured for saying from the river to the sea, which is a call, there's no other way to interpret it. Um, and she tried to say that oh, it, was a, it was a call for freedom. It's a loose term. Uh, no, it's from the river to the sea. Is very clear. You want the end of Israel. Yeah. Okay, that you're not. No one's saying the two-state solution. Like I said earlier in this podcast. Anyway, your thoughts. My, my thoughts are: this is after October seventh.
1: How can you not condemn? Like, you know, like. Whatever, like, if people from LA suddenly did that horrible thing to people in Palm Springs, I love LA. I would condemn anybody who even thought to support people like the actions. Like, it come on. This
0: is after the horrors. You got that right, boy. You got that right. What a um, what a strange time. Yeah. It's just such a super strange time. Uh, But let's consider what she's saying. You know, maybe she's going to elucidate us, you know, and and give us more genius. And maybe there's something that she's going to say in the next, uh, I don't know, 20 or 30 seconds that will somehow clarify this and make us feel. It'll all make sense. Okay. Like, you know, somehow we'll understand why Darth Vader is is the evil person that he is. and, And maybe we'll be more sympathetic. Okay, here we go
2: opinions and our, and our views and our political stance and, and all of these things. But what is got, starting to get really, really, really clear and very loud is that somehow many of us in this room, because of our political opinions, because maybe our faith is a certain faith, maybe because our ethnicity is a certain ethnicity, that somehow we're subhuman.
0: Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Uh, she's suggesting that the Democrats are not recognizing the humanity Uh, Of the of the Palestinians, Um, because it it was anybody would go into another country and just rape and, you know, behead, you know, young babies. That's it's what people do. And you know what? She's right. If their view of the universe is that it's godless, then that is what humans do. Right. You take God out of the equation. Humans will do that. Okay, I think it's very fair. Maybe, maybe she did enlighten us after all. Let's continue with the last uh, whatever fifteen seconds.
2: Somehow we're not as equal to again of a human to be able to live and really survive and be able to thrive in our country and in the world. It's like it doesn't even matter, and that's what's been really
3: painful.
0: Okay, Mrs. Painful Lady. Yeah. The only thing that's been painful is is listening to you speak. It oh. uh, really, it's just it's she's an embarrassment. There had this one woman uh, who was a spokeswoman for the Palestinians. Uh, she was evil, but boy, she was effective. Uh, Han- Hanan Hasrawi, I think her name was. She was an older woman. She's no longer speaking for them, but it was like a couple of years ago. Hanan Hasrawi, and she spoke in a very measured way. She she had her talking points. She made things very clear for her cause. She was clearly a part of the PR machine of the Palestinians. She was good, and it was a woman no less. So it, it made it all the softer, right? Uh, but that's, that's the, uh, what, what, what should we call it, the disingenuous nature of, of the, the Palestinian side. People just don't know, even know that Israel is the only democracy in the Middle East. It's the only one that actually has the multiculturalism that they proclaim. It's more multicultural than, than even America is. You know, in case you didn't know that, don't know this, my dear listener, uh, Jews come from all over the world. They, not just from Europe, not just from America. We're not all white, okay? There are, there are black Jews. There are Asian Jews. Not many of them. I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, the vast majority are black. Or, or, but we have Mexican Jews. We have Jews uh, from uh, Iran, from Iraq, from everywhere. We have, we have Jews who live in Syria. And by the way, in all these countries, we've been kicked out, yeah. okay? I mean, it's, and if you're, if you're still there, I think there are like four Jews in, in Egypt now, okay? It's, uh, it's not a good life to live in these places, Okay. Talk about apartheid, right? Yeah. But it, in Israel, everyone is represented. And these are not just Jews, by the way. There are Arabs. 20%, at least 20% of the population is Arab, yeah. meaning that they're Muslims, okay? And some of them are Christians, but they're not Jewish. And they are represented in all walks of life, the, the, from the judiciary to the, to the medical fields, to the uh, plumbing, for that matter, dentistry, you, you name it, they are very well represented. Okay there are therapists, there's teachers uh, they and, and and they are very important parts of Israeli society. They're proud to have Israeli citizenship They, don't, they do not see themselves as traitors. On the contrary, they, they see themselves as enjoying the good life and when asked if they would look forward to the day where there'd be a Palestinian country in the West Bank. And Gaza, would they move there? They said, "Hell no, 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 no." Now it might change if if those areas, <clears throat> the Palestinian areas, become actually, um, what do I want to say, uh, democratic? Right. I mean, really democratic, not not just to have elections and then, you know, elect somebody, <laughs> something like Hamas to then take over and and no more elections after the fact, like Hitler did. There's the the, the analogies, the corollaries to Hitler and the Nazis. Is, is so extensive. The only difference really is that Hamas did doesn't have, thank God, the same machinery to destroy and subjugate the Jews as the Nazis did. That's the only difference. But boy, would they. Oh, they would love it. They admire Hitler so much. They, they routinely say that, that uh, Hitler had it right. He just didn't go far enough. If only he had con- completed his very important task and killed all the Jews. Okay, there's There is more to talk about. Um, So there's the manifesto of the trans shooter uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, I I believe. And as you may know, the the, the manifesto basically showed, I mean, she was a nut, obviously, but clearly hated white people, hated everything. It it was a manifesto that revealed that this woke thing was, was very bad. It was not... A, a very good representation of the woke culture, and and so they hid it all this time, and now they're going after the people who allegedly disclosed it. Okay, whatever, but but, but come on, let's let's face it. Were it to be that somehow the, uh, the the shooter was a white supremacist who appealed to Nazi ideology and believed that Trump was awesome, and so on. You can bet your sweet ass that they would release it within a minute, yeah. um, and this is the what, what do they call it the um, the cultural thing that, that somehow the the, the, the the hurtful rhetoric, the dangerous rhetoric yeah. that 's being pronounced and and that 's all your fault donald trump right yeah. they, they they could not wait to do such a thing anyway uh, then there 's the results of tuesday 's election uh, this past tuesday so Most of the discussion is about abortion, 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 and that that Republicans had gone too far, uh, that um, Youngkin in Virginia had promised or was seeking a 15-week abortion ban, meaning after 15 weeks of pregnancy, you could not have an abortion. That's what he was seeking, and the Democrats played that up very well, very effectively. And so they ended up losing both state uh, chambers their the the equivalent of the house and the the equivalent of the senate and uh there are some good results on the other hand though it's a very impressive ones the i believe the state attorney general went the republican way that was good uh there there were a lot of other good things that happened but look by and large you can't look back on tuesday and say that was a good day for republicans um they held uh, back i believe it was in kentucky they held back um in um what was the other state? Oh, Ohio. Yeah, there was. A, they actually had a, a solidly conservative state now that ratified the constitution to, or sorry, amended the constitution to add abortion as a right. Basically, Roe v. weighted that particular constitution. Look, and I don't have a problem with them doing it that way because it's no longer a constitutional issue, right? right? But if you put it in the constitution, then then if, and you say that you can't interfere with a woman's right to choose. And you put that in the Constitution, okay, well, then, it's constitutional in the Ohio State. I hate it. I despise it. I think it's evil, but it's constitutional. It yeah. doesn't mean it's right. That's all, I guess that's all I'm saying. So, uh, look, I've read many articles on this already. Uh, we do have to smarten up when it comes to the abortion issue. I think what we need to say for the time being is, look, I'm glad that Roe v. Wade was uh, overturned. Doesn't mean that abortion will not be allowed access to it. We need to let the states decide what they do. My preference is that abortion is not easily accessible. That's not my main issue. My main issue is to improve the economy, uh, to keep America safe, uh, you know, whatever it might be, Uh, to, to ease up on the regulations, to reduce taxes, the classic Republican talking points. Instead, I think we're focusing too much on abortion. We have to learn what fights to fight. If you uh, fight on principle too much sometimes, uh, you're going to lose everything. Uh, You know what? And and to that point, oh, this is, I'm so glad I I thought of it all of a sudden. This is like the point about slavery in the Bible. Okay, so people often ask, why is it that God just didn't say, I hate slavery, it's illegal, it's abhorrent to me, get rid of it, you're done. Or even put a special... Uh, commandment saying, "Thou shall not have slavery." Right. Okay. Well, th- it was so endemic to society, slavery. It was so in the in the blood of everyone at the time. I'm not saying that slavery was a good thing. Of course not. But it's it's hateful. It's dis- despicable. But we've only understood the hatefulness and the the despicableness of slavery in the past 150 years.
1: Yeah.
0: Maybe 200. Okay. That's it and before then before 200 years ago you know, he was that was the natural order of things and I put that in air quotes and it's not just blacks, it was everyone slavery was, you got captured you could be a slave, that's the way it worked so what did God do in the Bible he basically says look, I don't like slavery but if you want to have a slave, okay but here are the rules and the rules were so onerous were so uneconomical if you actually follow them, that you would say, you know what, I, I, I guess I won't own a slave. I'll, I'll simply rent people instead. Okay, <laughs> And that's what I think, that's the way we need to treat abortion. Abortion is so endemic in society right now that, yes, I would like to see it ended altogether. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. But let's make the rules a little bit more onerous. Deal with them one at a time. Slowly, slowly, slowly. Small little chips in the abortion culture. Um, Allow a woman, for example, and encourage a woman to see a video, a sonogram of her baby. In the interest of full transparency, okay? Uh, Allow pregnancy centers to flourish, okay? That's, That's another way of doing it. Making it that much more obvious to the world how evil abortion is. Does, does that make sense? 100% it makes sense. And that's where
1: one of the most frustrating things about having a discussion about this is the lying on the pro abortion side, where Ohio, I believe, just legalized abortion up to the point of birth. And then there, people will say, and they've said to my face, no, we, we've never done up to the point of birth. Oh, no, that never happens. No, 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 no we've never done. Okay, it's, why did they enshrine it in a law? And if you're, to add to that, if you're so against slavery, um Libya maybe we stop the slave markets there the slavery that is absolutely happening in this city in this country this very 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 inappropriate stuff that is going on maybe we should fight against that they say they're, they they want to bring that up but they don't actually want to get to the point of saying let's actually stop it
0: you yeah. Yeah. yeah that yeah. that's right uh, well well said uh, another topic uh, to talk about is the Trump trials, okay? and in particular the trial in New York, uh, where he is alleged to have uh, inflated his uh, real estate property values. This is this is a disturbing case for me. I, I as a lawyer, I am very offended by this case. First of all, the federal authorities rejected this case. The uh, what's her what's that woman's name? Um, Letitia James, she went about going out there saying that she's going to go get Trump. That was how she campaigned. And sure enough, so this is a bogus case, but she got a judge who seemed to be very favorable to her. Look, the the problem with the case is that in order to have a case, you have to build a case. Okay. So just like you build a house, I always say you, you have to, you know, you can't have a house, you know, put a bunch of sticks together and say, I've got a house you know, see me and have it, let's have a party at 123 Main Street. No, you, you've got to get permits. You've got to get the right foundation. You've got to get, you know, the right electrical siding. Sorry, the, 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 the walls, you know, the right kind of no asbestos, things like that, roof and everything else. An inspector comes in. And then finally, someone comes in and says, you have a house, sir, and you can now move in. It's, it's called occupancy, right? Yeah. Certificate of occupancy. And until you get that certificate, you don't have a house. It's you have the what appears to be a house, but it's not a house. Okay, not a livable house. Same thing with the legal case. Uh, in order to prove fraud, which is the essence of the case, they have to show four things. One is a misrepresentation. Then that the plaintiff relied on that misrepresentation. Third, that he reasonably relied on that misrepresentation. And there was significant, by the way, it has to be a material misrepresentation. Um, and then fourthly, and very importantly, damages. Yeah. That you were damaged as a result of this. So if I, if I sell you my car, and I tell you it has only 2,000 miles on it, and in fact as it has 150,000 miles on it, uh, and I get you pay me as if it's a 2,000-mile car,
2: right.
0: I've defrauded you right? It's a material misrepresentation. You were damaged by it because you got a car that's much older and much more used. Right. Okay. Now, if it's, if it's 2002 miles, and I said it was 2000 miles, that's not a material misrepresentation. Okay. What material is, is a, it's a question for a jury, generally speaking. But in that example, I would, I would say it's very fair to say that I wasn't lying to you. Right. right. So in this case, Nothing works here. There is no material, there is no misrepresentation, let alone a material one. Uh, what you value your own property as is a question of art, a question of, of, of I would say art. How? how you, for example, how do you value a painting? Okay, well, I think this, this painting is worth... A billion dollars because there's only one of it like it. And, and look at the way he, he draws it. I think it's so rare. And I think it's so exceptionally beautiful. Yeah. Okay. And okay. <laughs> but, but you might think it, it's worth nothing. It's just a bunch of dots, Barack, you would say, yeah. right? That's worth nothing. Yeah. And the Mona Lisa, by contrast, I mean, everyone seems to recognize it. But if you, to a dog, <laughs> right, if he were to go through the Louvre, and look at the different paintings, one painting would be just as meaningless as the next. Right. It would be a bunch of stuff. He wouldn't, be, he wouldn't stop in front of the Mona Lisa and stare at it like, like you and I would. Right. So the same thing is true with properties. What is the value of a property? How do you, how do you decide that? Anyway, so he, he encouraged the banks to do their own Investigation, their own valuation. That's the way you're supposed to. And whether he encourages it or not doesn't matter. The bank is going to do its own evaluation. Thank you very much. You think they would rely on anybody? Oh well, you told me. And and then okay. So third, there is no plaintiff here.
1: Right. Okay.
0: The bank has not even been called as a witness. Yeah. Because he wasn't. It it was not damaged. Not only that, but they got the entire loan back plus they agreed upon interest. This is what they contracted for. They have no complaints. Yeah. That's it. There's no damage. That's the essence of almost every case. In, in law, it, there are very few cases that you can uh, have a strict liability without any damages. It's, 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 it, I'm not saying it's impossible. It's very, very rare. Okay? And for fraud, you have to have damages. So it's a mystery why she pursued it other than to get Trump. That's it. So we'll see. We'll see how it
1: goes. And didn't the judge on a summary judgment decide what the price is? It's a judge in New York who understands Florida real estate?
0: That's one thing. That was an issue of fact. You you know, you know enough about summary judgment. Summary judgment means that there's no issue of fact. Okay, so summary judgment is reserved when it's a pure issue of law and there's no issue of fact. So for example just to use an easy example, uh, speeding. Okay. If I, if I go to a judge and I say, well, it's true that I was going, you know, 80 miles in a 50 mile an hour zone, there's no issue of fact there. I just admitted that I went 80 miles an hour. Uh, it doesn't matter where, where, if I said, you know, I think it was unreasonable. I think that law is crazy. doesn't matter. I broke the law. That's it. Summary judgment. Boom. There's no issue of fact. However, same case, the, the cop says I went 80, I say I went 49, okay? That's an issue of fact. Okay, Now we go back and forth to see whether the, the, the cop is lying or I'm lying, okay? Jury might go with the cop, might go with me. There's no video of it, it's his word against mine. Maybe there's something wrong with the radar, the gun that, that, uh, that calibrated the, the miles per hour. Who knows? I can get an expert on that. That's an issue of fact, Well, there's almost nothing more obvious than the issue of fraud. By the way, fraud, and I forgot to mention this, it's a misrepresentation. That implies intent. Right. So if it's negligence, I mean, you you have to go into the mind of somebody and say, you intended to defraud. Right. Now, you can impute fraud. I mean, but that's, again, a question for the jury.
1: Yeah.
0: A jury would decide that. So, they, they can't find intent, they can't find a misrepresentation, let alone a material one, because it's all subjective. They, can't, they don't have a plaintiff, because there's no bank there. They didn't even call a bank witness, and there are no damages. But other than that, they, they have a fantastic case. Right. <laughs> just, all right, but let's, let's listen to what Letitia James, the genius, has to say about this.
3: This morning, Mr. Trump will take the stand in our trial against him the Trump organization and other defendants Mr. Trump has repeatedly and consistently misrepresented and inflated his, the value of his assets
0: Okay so <laughs> Okay it, again the, the issue is misrepresented and how do you prove that I mean I, I mean somebody wants to buy the property at a high value then they're going to buy the property, at high, value, especially these very high-valued assets. I mean, they, these properties are not just, you know, mom and pop, you know, and a family, a single-family home on 123 Main Street. Uh, you can value these properties. They're very different animals. But anyway, again, some people will value things because they have a sense of the future. It's very different. And this is like, forgive me if I'm wrong, but like, isn't this,
1: he overvalued Mar-a-Lago, a Florida property, and he's being prosecuted in New York.
0: Well, yes, but they're also getting, but he needs to get money from oh, New okay, York. Okay, so yeah. it's, they, they have jurisdiction. Um, that, that, I don't think that's an issue. Let's continue on with that, what she has to say that with this, uh, again, this genius, uh, that she and uh, her friend uh, Rashida Talib. I'm sure they get together once in a while.
3: And before he takes the stand, I am certain that he will engage in name calling and taunts, and race-baiting.
0: Okay. Always with the race-baiting, right? I mean, like, where does she get that, right? The, the, has he ever said anything in this context or otherwise where race-baiting was? Like, how, how, how is it, how was race involved here? Does she just confuse it for some other case that she might be working on? I, I don't get it.
1: The guy literally in the 80s and 90s hung out with Al Sharpton. Before he had a political aspirations at all, he hung out with Al Sharpton. How is he a racist?
0: Well, okay. The only thing that is race baiting is is her. Yeah. Saying that he's race baiting. I mean, that that that's it. Yeah. She wants to invoke the idea of race and that hopes and she hopes that that somehow will, will mean something. She goes out there and says this thing. If she really believed in her case, she would just say, let them go say their crazy things. I've got I got the goods on this guy. He's gonna he's gonna jail or he's he's liable. This is not a criminal case. Um, He's going to be liable, we're going to strip him from his business And everything's going to be great Let him have his fun But no, she feels the need to get out there and say that phrase Race baiting. It means that she's afraid Let's continue on
3: And call this a witch hunt But at the end of the day The only thing that matters Are the facts and the numbers And numbers, my friends, don't lie Thank you
0: Okay, dun, 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 right? They they don't lie. Right, okay, yeah. No, you're right, they don't lie. Numbers don't lie. But they also don't have meaning necessarily all the time, right? They, they certainly don't, as, you cannot ascribe the meaning that you want to ascribe to them. It's like that movie, uh, uh, The the Princess Bride, right? I do not think these numbers mean what you think they mean. right? They just, they're not as significant as you think. And they, they, they are just numbers. We agree, they don't lie. Right. He, he valued them at whatever he valued them. Okay, so what? what? What do you want to say, lady? What What are you trying to... Now, by the way, just slightly off note here, but do you notice the way she, she spoke? Yeah. Does she think she's Martin Luther King Jr.? I mean, it's, is that is that what's going on here? Possibly. Yeah. Like, why, why did she... Sp- she spoke like a preacher. Yeah. I mean, really, I, I have to give her credit. She sounded very confident. Um, but you could also see, because you can't see the video here... You can see how she's a little bit nervous about this. She she's trying to make it something, but she can't in any way. Not, nothing in what she just said here, other than that saying that numbers don't lie.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, nothing actually builds her case. Those four things that I mentioned. Yeah. Nothing. So, what what are you going to do? Uh, it's a fascinating time. <clears throat> Look, they they want to. Um, we started off this episode by talking about this guy who was eating next to me, right? The craziness and how he's, you know, he was eating like a monster. Uh, and again, he himself might be a very good guy. I don't, I don't know. But he certainly <laughs> ate like a pig. I have to tell you. I, I don't know if he were a lawyer. I don't know that I would want to hire him because he, he seemed to have no grace, no sense of organization. And, and I said how I, I didn't want to see it because... It reminds me of how we're like the animals. We can be like the animals if we reject God, right? In the same way that people can reject evil or, or not see evil, they can confuse good with evil. Donald Trump, I, I know a lot of listeners will disagree with me. He's a very good man, okay? Is he brash? Absolutely. Okay, does he say things you know a little too off, off key? I guess. Yes. Okay. But you know what? It's his actions that matter. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's that's what. He's a good man, and you can tell he's got four great kids, fantastic kids. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm really impressed. Well, when you you consider that one with um, what's her name, Melania? Yeah. Also, seems to be a good kid. Yeah. But, I. I judge a man by, the, by his kids, by the way. I really do. And I, anyway, I, she refuses to see that this case is BS, right. right? So they, what is it? Woe to those who see evil as good and good as evil, right? That's what's happening here. And we're blending these things. We're, we're refusing to see the good and at the same time refusing to see the evil out there. That's the world we live in. This is how it's all tied together. And these idiots who are protesting against Israel for Hamas of all people. It's it's showing it, isn't it, Devin? Yeah. It's a frightening time. But you know the good news is there is an answer to all this. We we just need to bring God back into to the equation. Now you may say, oh that's just just, Brock, just yeah. Yeah. It is that simple. Yeah. I don't think it's that hard to follow the Ten Commandments, do you? No. 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 Just I mean, just don't steal, don't don't kill, don't gossip, don't don't commit adultery. Yeah. I should say don't murder, right? I, I think I said don't kill. Yeah. Um you know, understand that God is one. Understand the Sabbath. Yeah. I mean all the other things. I how hard is that? Is that really hard? But when you understand that God wants that for you, when you understand that there is a God, that was, that's the number one commandment. Because without that, then you don't need to follow the other rules. Well, if, if there's no God, then why, sh- why do I need to follow the other nine commandments? Yeah. It must mean that it's man-made. No, no, I'm, I'm God. You know, this, this is me. Yeah. Okay, don't mess. <laughs> okay. How hard is this? Right? Yeah. That's why I say It's simple. And, and, I, and I dare say it doesn't matter whether you're Christian or Jewish and what denomination of Christian for that matter. But you believe that God exists, that, that's the God of the Bible. That's all you need. That's it. And follow those Ten Commandments. Thank you. Have a nice day. That's why I say it's so simple. And all of this, all of it, would would go away all this evil were we to follow the 10 commandments all right my friends Devin, thank you so much again for co-hosting today uh you bet and uh it's been another great episode of the brockler show thanks for your part in it in the meantime brockler is signing off saying god bless and we'll talk with you next week